God would I yeah. give for Travis Lule right now. Why don't you just take like the 30 seconds and do what I asked you to do? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the R&R CatCast. Again, I'm Ryan, uh, joined by my co-host, as always, Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? Not bad. Not bad. Yourself? Ah, licking my wounds a little bit after the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. A little somber today, and since since Saturday, it's been kind of a little grumpy. My wife's been a little bit upset with me, but uh, <laughs> what can you do, right? Well, we certainly have a heck of a lot to talk about on this episode. Holy cow. Yeah, for sure. Let's start off, as we always do, with the beer of the night. What are you drinking over there? Uh, first things first, I think we should, a uh, good time to reiterate here that uh, we don't know what we're talking about. We are just <laughs> just a couple of standard fans, a couple of family men here who carve out a couple, an hour or so on a Monday night to bo- talk about Bobcat football. I just want to, and also thank everyone for listening. It's been fun experience and I'm glad everyone is enjoying the show and appreciate all the feedback. So just thanks for listening again. Wanted to say that. So can I say now, something real quick on piggyback on that? Of course. I would love to have like some more fan engagement. If you want to talk to us on like uh, the thread on Bobcat nation or through our Twitter account, which is just our, our cat cast, uh, please do. We'd love to, um, maybe read some of your stuff or answer some questions or, or like we have in the past, have, have a guest on as well. So that'd be really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're here is you and I can't even get enough of all the Bobcat news. We consume all the Bobcat chatting we do on the board and we decided to chat some more. So that's why we're here. And so we'd love to chat. Anyone hit us up for sure. All right. So you'll appreciate the beer of choice I'm drinking here. Well, maybe not. It's Bush Light. Do you know why I'm drinking Bush Light tonight? <laughs> uh, is it because your wife's a Coug? That is correct. That is correct. So my <laughs> wife was very much excited about the college game day and the Cougar game. So she was wet and bought so, uh, a sixer of Bush Light so she could have the, the Pullman water for the game just to make sure that she cheered on the team to victory there. <laughs> Problem is she doesn't actually like it. So here I am finishing it off for her. <laughs> <laughs> nice and that was a true honest guess i like we had not talked about that nope I, I kept that a secret i wanted to see if you would uh, be able to guess why i'm drinking bush light of all beers here so well, my wife being a coog as well uh yeah. had has told me all about the the bush the bush light infamy in pullman so <laughs> that's <laughs> straight where my mind went to well, right it on, worked man. it worked cougars won no doubt. That was an awesome game, by the way. Go Cougs. It's been, the, it's fun to root for the Cougs. Yeah, not uh, bad. Like I'm, I'm a fan by proxy, but uh, I will, that's good enough reason for me. I don't have an FBS team, so go Cougs. <laughs> there you go. I'm myself, I'm drinking what's called the Drumroll APA. I picked it up over in Great Falls. I went and visited my parents uh, this weekend. And it's from, oh goodness, Odell Brewing out of Fort Collins, Colorado. It's pretty good. It's, a little light for me uh as as far as a pale ale goes it's like 5.2 percent so it's trying to do that whole sessionable thing in whatever but it'll do drove all the way to montana to get a colorado beer you know what i hate to admit but i totally did this Uh, i i bought it based on how the can looked it's a pretty cool looking (laughs) can (laughs) that's unfortunate you could have got yourself a some great falls select that's that's it's beer. I, I'll tell you that it's beer. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> there's some better beer in Great Falls by far than Great Falls Select. I know. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. <laughs> hey, um, by the way, are you a koozie man? No. No? Too much work. Too much work? Are you kidding? Yeah. I myself well, no. am a koozie man. I, I, <laughs> I enjoy. I don't know why. Even like, you know, I mean, obviously it's a camping thing and I love to go camping, but even like in the house, I, I normally use a koozie if I'm drinking out of the can. Ah, fair enough. Can't fault you for that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get in the show. I thought we probably got to talk about Weaver. Uh, yep. Of course, um, dropped some big news today on some coaching changes and then a small preview on Idaho State. And just uh, again, just our uh, as as the view of a fan. 
uh, we'll just go into each of those topics. So yeah, certainly a lot to talk today from the fan perspective here because <laughs> I mean, coaching changes are pretty much all speculation, especially when you know Choke comes out and be is as vague as he can possibly be. So let the speculation begin. But let's start off with uh, that Weber State game. I had called my bold prediction uh, when we had Driscoll Cat on a couple episodes ago that we would go down to Weber State and win that game. Uh, did not, did not win that game. I want to clarify that I made that statement when Tucker Rovig was still a healthy man, so that changes things a little bit. And but for a little bit there, I thought we were actually going to get that win. But uh, what was it? Did we have two second downs in the second half? Was that the <laughs> correct stat? It's something like that. It doesn't really matter. It's under five. It's under four. <laughs> did you mean first downs? Yeah, what did I say? Did you say second downs? I don't know. We'll have to listen back. <laughs> well, we probably <laughs> Sorry. We had, we had plenty of second downs. The oh, yeah. problem is they never turned into first downs again. Uh, so we had seven total first downs, 221 total yards off offense. I mean, the only reason we were even in this game is because our defense brought the energy. Finally, defense came out fired up and made some plays and and then it was the offense's turn to well actually no the offense did all right considering i mean they had a short field so as choate was explaining about weber state on his press conference last week is that their special teams and their defense is kind of an extension of their offense and we kind of for a little bit we're going to out jay hill jay hill and uh unfortunately we cannot carry that momentum into the second half it's kind of kind of funny you hate to talk about this from this kind of perspective, but when their backup quarterback Jenks had that horrible injury, I hope he's, I hope he's okay. I heard it might be just a dislocation, but they kind of just took off from there. And it seemed that we kind of lost our mojo. We kind of lost what we had going after that. Yeah, that, kind of- that was, that was, I think you're exactly right. That moment was pivotal. I think there's a couple pivotal moments in the game, but that one definitely stood out. Well, they scored on that drive, right? That was was that right before halftime? Did they tie it up on that one? Yeah. So if if I remember right, that's when they started uh, hitting some passes down the mm-hmm. field and just stringing together some uh, a drive right there. And I might be wrong on this, but I believe it might have been that drive or the one right after we got back from uh, halftime. They hit a pass right on, right on like the one or the two, and I can't remember who was covering them. It might have been Munchie, but uh, fell down or slipped or something for that completion to happen. And I was just like, you know, it was just indicative of what was starting to happen. You know, think the ball was starting to bounce their way, uh, mm-hmm. and we were never able to really recover. Although, you know, we came out in the third quarter and had. You know, applause button right now, a pick six. <laughs> I've yeah. been wondering when we were going to have that again. Uh, it was so awesome to see. I was like, all right, here we go, here we go. But nope, uh, from there, just, you know, pretty much wet the bed. So I think we both had picked Thomas to be our pick six candidate, right? Way back yeah, in like we the did. first or second episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And it was Filer. And it was Filer. Yep, right to the house. It was beautiful. I was screaming through my house yep. my you know my scared my dog it was great so. <laughs> yeah, i definitely jumped on that one i was like all right there we go that's gonna kind of stem the tide but that was the last good thing that happened to us pretty sure well i did want to talk a little bit because you and i and just okay, were texting throughout the game and boy we were impressed with our first half offense i mean we were just impressed in general but like you said we did start with um a short field on most of those occasions because of you know, Dante Sparacco. Uh He made a, an appearance this game in number 98 for some odd reason, but he came out with <laughs> a nice little pick. Uh, Jacque Allen had his, what, fifth pick of the year? Yeah, I, I think I can't really remember fourth that. or fifth, yeah. So we were definitely aided by, um, by some awesome turnovers. But, man, what did you think first half? Why was it going so well for us? It was just kind of a... I don't know. Everything was just the ball was bouncing our way. I mean, I don't know. Was it uh, Wright who swatted the ball? Just happened to swat it directly back into like Sparacco was kind of falling forward. He's like, "Oh, the ball!" and he just like grabs it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty I mean, much, that, yeah. That's how that half went, and we had some nice looking plays. Uh, I think Johnson kind of a quick 
hitter up the middle was kind of working for us. And I totally thought that we were going to set that up for some, like a fake draw deep hit with Johnson, but that never came into fruition. I thought that I was like, this is the perfect setup. We're just going to keep running Johnson up the middle and eventually they're going to bite on it and uh, leave somebody open on the edges. But I don't know if the coaches even trust Johnson enough to throw any kind of pass, unfortunately. But the thing, the first half was going well. We didn't really establish our running game, but we were had such good field position. We did enough to score some points. If you would have told me we had, we're going to have 17 points by halftime against Weber State, I thought we would have a pretty good chance to win. Oh, yeah, for sure. And when we were up 10 nothing. Oh man, I was ecstatic. I was I was bummed because I was like, man, we could we could have gone up fourteen nothing, and then we got that uh, touchdown called back because I, I don't even know what was the penalty. Was it a legal man downfield? Yeah, it was an ineligible man downfield. I don't yeah. know who it was on, but it must have been a lineman. Man, and yeah. So I, I was ecstatic the first half. I was I was pumped, and then and then it came. So second half comes. It's it's the well, we talk about it every week, how to stop our offense. <laughs> Not too hard when you know what's coming. No, and we just cannot get anything working in the passing game. And therefore, they stuff our running game. And I don't think we're being very creative in the running game. It just seems like we kept banging our head against the wall we have all year. Like I felt like last year we were much more creative. Like Murray wasn't a whole lot better at passing than Anderson is he, he is uh, as it's become apparent. And I don't think, I don't think teams respect the passing game a whole lot more than they are this year. Um, I just feel like we had a lot better formations. We had much more dynamic play calling in our running game, even with their limited abilities that we just haven't seen this year. Maybe it's because Troy can't run the option as well as Murray. I know uh, Murray was kind of a, a whiz in that regard, but I just, there's gotta be better ways than just, handing off to Afonso at the middle or just quarterback keeper left, right, middle. Like that's, that seems to be all we're doing. I saw us try a few counters and a couple things here, but it's all smoke and mirrors, just same concept, same result. Yeah. So, and then we get into third and nine and that seemed to be just a repetition of the whole night was third and nine. And so I went back and I started looking at stacks I go, how, how many times did, did we get into third and nine? And so I was like, okay. So I, I saw a little bit and I, I adjusted it to third and eight and anything above uh, or above 30 and eight. Or so like third and nine, third and 10, third and 11. We were in that situation seven times and we had 15 third downs. So out of those 15 third downs, we were in yardage really behind the sticks. Uh, and you're right. It's, it's, it was the same plays over and over again. It was going a one yard run, you know, one yard run or, you know, failed pass or some, some sort of combination of those two that just really put us in a bad spot all game. And when you watch Weaver's defense, <laughs> I mean, what were they doing? They had eight guys in the box each time, each time. And you're like, okay, how are you going to run on those guys when they're that good? I, I don't know. Even if we had Murray, even if we had a dialed in uh, run game or the option, I don't know if we were going to make much headway without passing the ball. So No, I mean, and maybe last year our offensive line play was better too, but I think we might be missing Tyler Nate right now. I think he might have at least been able to push the pile for two yards. Coulter had a, a pretty funny comment on his ESPN sh- show today, like – if if you're the Bobcats and you get into third and nine, it's your own fault. He's like, you could just run a quarterback keeper two times and get two yards a pop and be third and six. <laughs> and I was like, it's pretty accurate point, really. It's like, because he thought we were trying a lot, way too many passes on like first and second down. And but you got to try him sometime though. You got you got to try and soften the defense up at some point. You can't you can't wait till it's third and eight and third and nine. But I I don't know. I just I don't know how to fix this offense and I don't know if Choate does. I don't know if Bob Cole did that. I think that might be the reason Bob Cole is gone. Um, Choate had to do something. I don't know necessarily if that was the right something, but something had to be done. Something has to happen to this offense because we cannot keep going like this. (laughs) We're such a, 
inept offense. And like you said, teams see it and it might work against teams with a bit less talent on the defensive side of the ball, but against teams like any team worth the, worth their salt is going to just stuff us. Yeah. And there we go. Then we get into 39 and it's our kryptonite. So we don't even have like a, like, what are we going to do in that situation? We don't even know what to do. <laughs> we always, it ends up just being Troy drops back and scrambles. That's our third nine play. So we came out, I remember one play, we came out on, I think it was like first down, it was second half. And we did like a out route to Curtis Amos. And I was like, that's refreshing. Where did that come from? Man, you didn't see it the rest of the game, you know? And, and you and I talked about too, like, just how starved our receivers are because remember first uh first half we get a we get a pass or a completed i think we completed like a third and seven or something like that to uh kevin cassis for a first down he lets out this primal scream and <laughs> i mean they just pan in on his face and i'm like okay that's some pent-up aggression right there so it's- yeah no kidding i remember that he just got up and he was just like did the flex like kicked a leg up kind of it's like <laughs> Geez, a guy like the first down is like you think he just won like the game winning catch or something, but uh, that's just how I think starved he is for catches. Like he's he's a great receiver and he's put in so much work in the offseason. He's gotten noticeably faster, he looks bigger, he's stronger in every phase of the game. He's a better receiver than he was last year, and we just don't have anybody he can get the ball even even like near enough to get a hand on. I feel like a lot of the issue is I don't know if you feel this way either is like I've seen some of the bad passes that seem like the Troy thought that he was going to curl left and he curled right uh, it just seems like part of its miscommunication I, I don't know if they're just or or he's just that inaccurate but it just seems like some of them are just not even the, on the same page no as the receiver. yeah from my understanding it seems like the, you know if it's if they're playing this type of defense like zone uh, Cassis is supposed to do this thing out of that route, like whether it's just like sit in the zone or like you said, curl left, curl right, curl right. I don't think um, Troy, you know, they're, they're not on the same page, I, whether Troy's not picking that up or Cassis is, uh, my guess is Troy's probably not picking that up. If, if I so. had to guess uh, between Kevin Cassis making a running the wrong route or Anderson throwing the wrong route, I think I'm going to go ahead and assume that Anderson threw the wrong route. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I can't guarantee that. Well, so, you know, not too much to talk about on Weaver. You know, I don't want – it's just – it was a disappointing no. game. Um, they it, just exposed it lit, us it lit, and yep. accentuated all of our problems. And lit a fire on Bobcat Nation. Holy cow. Yeah, that was <laughs> – I didn't even bother to read it until Sunday because I just kind of knew it would be a dumpster. But, yeah, oh, yeah. we went full-blown full blown grizz on that one with the people – proclaiming like i'm a booster i don't pay for this kind of stuff i love those kind of posts those are my favorite <laughs> uh, yeah well i'm not gonna call anyone out because i'm just not that's not who that that's not what we're about here no but, but it's just yeah, an they, example some people came of, out of the woodworks bad. for sure <laughs> yeah that's just an example of what happens on those kind of losses and i just don't like to see that kind of stuff yeah. but uh i can i see everyone's frustrated i get it and uh, it's it's a frustrating offense to watch it's a frustrating product, and it's it's more even more frustrating because you know that that's the one single facet that seems to be holding this entire thing up. For sure. And, like, you know, the defense is there. Our special teams, man, like, give us some props to our special teams on Saturday. They held their awesome kick returner. I can't remember his name. But the in check, uh, we hit our field goal. Uh, it was our special teams, is I thought, looked way better than the week before. Uh, and I knew special teams was going to be an issue for us. So I was super pleased with that. But, you know, Thorny, it always goes back to this. And I, I've mentioned this quote before. Um, the quote is, it's never as bad or as good as it appears. And, you know, I try to keep that in mind when I'm looking at the Bobcats. You know, situations are never as bad as they appear, but they're never as good as they appear. But you know what? I think this weekend it was just as bad as it appeared. <laughs> This might be one of the – I mean, every rule has an as an exception, right? This might be yeah. the exception to your – I think we were as bad as we looked on offense. And, I mean, you had texted me that you wanted to talk about just how did we get to this point at quarterback. 
like just what sequence of events, like just how did this happen? How do we end up with Troy Anderson as our quarterback? <laughs> and you and you texted me. It all started Prukov. I think that was kind of the first domino um, in a series of just weird things I'd, and recruiting misses. So, I mean, the first thing that happens when Cho is hired is Dakota Prukop decides to leave the program and go to Oregon. Um, Jordan Hoy's on the roster. Brady McChesney's on the roster. That might be the only two quarterbacks left after Prukop leaves in the offseason. So then we go out and sign Tyler Brugman, which um, I think we had Messingham at that point. I think Messingham was also one of the ones who recruited Brugman or at least was excited about Brugman. And we also signed Chris Murray. So now we have Brady McChesney, uh, Tyler Brugman on the spring roster here because um, Chris Murray's not here yet. So we got McChesney, Brug- Brugman, and I think Ben Folson was competing at quarterback at that point. Yeah, and we had another. We had another guy too that I can't remember his name, but regardless, well, keep going, yeah, please. So then we go into the fall roster, and that's when Chris Murray comes on board. Um, you might be thinking of Camden Brown, who joins yes. the program as a preferred yeah. walk-on in the fall because he was also straight out of high school. So our roster was Camden Brown, Brady McChesney, Ben Folsom, Kyler Brugman, and Chris Murray. <laughs> I mean, that is just a. On paper, it's not so bad. You think Chris Murray is going to be the guy. You like Brady McChesney is going to be a serviceable backup, and the rest of the guys can just add some depth. But basically, you got like a preferred walk-on, a converted running uh, wide receiver coming back from a mission, Ben Folson, and then a couple of true freshmen, and then uh, McChesney. So even then, you're thinking things are all right, but that's when uh, Choate's first – big recruiting whiff and <laughs> Tyler Brugman, as you say, we don't like to trash any players or anything like that, but look, we'll just say he did not work out. And uh, that's the whole reason Chris Murray even came into the picture. And, and you wonder, is that part of the reason that Messingham left? Because Messingham was getting eaten alive by Bobcat fans. Nobody was very happy with uh, Courtney Messingham, mm-hmm. but it's pretty, pretty clear. He can be a pretty good offensive coordinator. If he's got a quarterback, he could throw the ball as he's uh, evidenced over North Dakota State. But uh, so anyway, continuing on my path here, we signed Tucker Rovig, Callahan O'Reilly, and I think Luke May came back that next time to yeah. add some depth there. Didn't mm-hmm. stick around. So, I mean, that was the fall signing period, and then we ended up signing like, uh, you know, Casey Bauman, and then here we are today. So everyone thought that Rovig was going to be the next guy. I still think he could be the next guy, but he just had you, – you can't really predict a guy just kind of losing his confidence like that. I don't know if it was just because he – maybe it's because we brought in Travis Johnson and he was just like, I can't compete with the four-star guy. This is – I I don't know what happened there, but he just – even though Johnson ended up breaking his foot right uh, – there's another thing. Johnson broke his foot right out of the gate, so <laughs> couldn't even really see what he had to offer in the spring. It's just – it's been a weird path, and if – if Brugman pans out, if, if Prukop doesn't leave, we may never even get Brugman because we don't need Brugman because he we don't <laughs> need him that year. It's a whole weird series of events. If Johnson doesn't break his foot, Rovick doesn't lose his confidence, Choke doesn't go to Trey Anderson and ask him, hey, can you come sling some balls? I need your help out here. And <laughs> It's just, man, how do, how do you predict that? That's just a weird path. Well, I mean, you didn't even mention that Chris Murray becomes academically ineligible oh, and yes. puts us in this in this whole situation yeah. that we're we're in today. So I was kind of ta- yeah, I was trying to talk more old history, but yeah, how could I forget Chris Murray? Part of that reason I, they knew that was going to happen. That's why they were really hoping Rovig would step up. He didn't, and that's where they went to Troy Anderson. And just when Rovig is about to step up and they're about to go with him, he breaks his foot or whatever he does. I don't know. What's his injury? I, I guess his foot got stepped on. I don't know if they've disclosed the actual nature of the industry or <laughs> injury. I have to imagine it's a broken foot. But yeah, he's walking just, around in one of those boots with the wheels on the boot. So that's not good. <laughs> it's literally like if you could see me, it's just like face palm emoji right now. <laughs> it's just like, are you kidding me? But we are where we are, and here's the deal, though. I know, I know this that whatever you're dealt, you need to still make the best of it. And I don't know for making the best of it. And I hate to be on this wagon, but uh, 
holy cow, we're still rolling out Troy Anderson. And then now I think we have to roll Troy Anderson out. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't really want to get into that. I want to get back to something you said. You're talking about Courtney Messingham and how he was uh, – how he got let go because he didn't have a passing quarterback. I think there's a parallel there with Bob Cole uh, in today's situation. So let's start talking about the new coaching change um, with, with that uh, segment in mind. So Bob Cole is hired, and what happens to the quarterback room when he gets hired? <laughs> so I believe Johnson breaks his foot is the first thing that happens when Bob Cole is hired to his quarterback room. Um, then obviously Murray has to sit out a year or I guess leave school, I don't, however you want to phrase it, has the academic issues where he can't be on the team. Um, I think Brady McChesney retired in the spring, didn't he? Yeah. He had injuries, so he retired. And then I think Camden Brown left the program. That was all the spring, I believe. Like Bob Cole gets hired and then it's like four quarterbacks down within a few months or by the end of the <laughs> summer. That, I mean, that's that's crazy. And don't, I mean, they had to do something. That's You think they could maybe hit – I mean, they already got their four-star transfer, so they hadn't been able to see what, what he could do. You wonder if Johnson would have been able to be compete in spring if they maybe would have realized he wasn't going to pan out as a quarterback in spring. Maybe in the summer, they could have gone after the transfer wire again and tried to get on another quarterback in, into the camp. But they still were unsure what Johnson could do. They brought in Anderson just to kind of compete with Robig and Johnson, and somehow Troy Anderson wins the job? Somehow. But, uh, yeah, Bob Cole, like, what do you have to work with? But to your point, though, you play the hand you're dealt, and it's clear if he was truly in charge of play calling there in the last few games that it wasn't going to change. Like, he, it, things weren't changing. Things weren't adapting. It felt like we just kept trying the same things with a few, few trick plays thrown in to try and soften things up. Like, you would say uh, – how do you, how do you phrase it? Just trying things, see what sticks. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about throwing spaghetti against the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's that's how Bob Cole, I think, ended up getting fired, is because I don't know if it was because he. I'm sorry, I should say Bob Cole is no longer with the program. I'm not going to confirm or deny that he was fired because Choate didn't say that one way or the other. Um, but I think that's pro ultimately why he's no longer with the program. I don't know if he butted heads on what to do in, in that room. If he butted heads with Armstrong, it's just a weird deal. But I think ultimately, if he's the one calling the plays and he was the passing game coordinator, where else is the buck going to land in this scenario? Well, to, uh, to quote him in his pressure, he says, I feel we became predictable. And I think that's it to a T right there. And, and Cole, he, would, well, he couldn't figure it out. Uh, he didn't take, you know, here's the thing with, with Cole though, you know, he was brought in and he was supposed to be the savant, this Jordan Lynch uh, guy, you know, and obviously we're grooming him or, or uh, alluding to it with Troy Anderson, right? Okay. Troy's going to be the guy. So Troy could be maybe like Jordan Lynch somehow. Well, we have the same coach uh, back there, but you know, Troy just hasn't panned out uh, for some reason. He's just not a good passer when it comes to game time. And you keep hearing, you know, you know, he's doing his best week of passing. Well, it's really not translating on the field all that much. And his best game was, I would say, probably Portland State. Uh, but I don't know. Again, it goes back to what Choate said. We became too predictable. And then when, when we hired then Matt Miller steps in for our offensive coordinator, uh, Choate then describes him as, you know, detailed, energetic, uh, a rising star. Someone that the, the the boys will listen to, um, have new confidence in, and so you know I have no reason not to believe that. But one thing I am happy, and one thing that makes gives me a little bit of um, encouragement is we made a change. And it, it's funny because I was thinking about this while I was teaching today. I was thinking about the definition of being crazy, or <laughs> am I saying that right? You know, doing the same thing over and expecting mm -hmm. the same result uh, or a different result. And then Choke goes ahead and says that in his presser. I'm like, oh, there you go. So um, I'm, I'm 
I'm proud that uh, he had uh, the courage to make a change midseason. Um, and it seems like that would be a very unash thing to do. And so there's a big difference right there. But I was doing like a juxtaposing both of those um, coaching staffs. And so we'll see where we go. Well, it's interesting you bring this Ash thing up. It's kind of Ash-esque to keep Armstrong on the staff, is it not? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, in all – in some circles, like you could see a big case for him being let go as well. But instead he is demoted and – He's going to be in the booth with Miller, so you wonder how much control he's going to have. Of course, I mean, Choate says that Miller's going to have the free reins to do it his way, but you just you never know how that actually is going to pan out. And I want to go back to the point you had said about um, being predictable. Do you remember? It was like, oh, it might have been three weeks ago in the press conference. Choate had said he challenged all of his guys to come up with like a basically stop being so predictable. Do you remember that? He had, I he had challenged actually. them. He had challenged them to like go back and study your that he phrased it. Go back, study your tendencies oh, yeah, to make sure you're not. Too. Yeah. So um, maybe I think you, if you kind of piece a lot of stuff back together, you might be able to put the puzzle together that somebody was going to have to go because he was kept alluding to things, and then he, in the game time, things didn't change out the way he had told everyone that he had asked his coaches to do well you know maybe armstrong was not let go because of they might just need a warm body to coach a position <laughs> i was thinking about that earlier like well it might just be by default that he needs to be there did i hear that uh Choate's gonna coach a little bit of receivers now and again uh so yeah so <laughs> there you go <laughs> during his pressure like so who's gonna coach the quarterbacks and he's like well i think we're just gonna do it like them all in the same group with the receivers. I can't remember. I might be saying that wrong. I probably am, but it, it wasn't something too far off that. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, are you kidding? <laughs> so it's just, and I, I don't know, and man. I, like, hey, if it works, if this uh, if this change is something that sparks our offense, if nothing else, I, we're going to see new looks and that's cool. So now we're going to go into Idaho State with, with uh, basically – kind of like a new offense, so to say, where they won't have any tape on what Matt Miller brings to uh, the, the equation. So if nothing else, that's good. What do you think about Miller getting the job? So we talked to kind of about Bob Cole and Armstrong kind of being case or, or case against them being the fall guys. But uh, here we are, Matt Miller, a guy who's, what, three years removed from playing, three or four years? A little bit more than that. Uh yeah, about four or five. So he's only twenty seven. <laughs> he's twenty seven. So well, I, mean. I think he was at Boise State from two thousand ten to two thousand fourteen. Uh, I might be wrong on that. Again, I'm wrong on a ton of things. And yeah. So I, well, the, I always uh, either, preface with that. So either way, it's a short. His his coaching career has been very brief. Well, I'm going to say this. So I was a, I was teaching down in Nampa, Idaho. Uh, during the time he uh, started his college career. And I used to go to Boise State games pretty regularly. And I remember watching him. I re- actually remember watching him at Capitol a couple times. Yeah. And I just remember, like, man, this kid is good. Like, he had – even it was apparent when I was at Boise, like, he was just a, a, a talent. And then everything I've read about him and since he's been on the staff, he's just he's got that workhorse mentality you know, high expectations. And I know that about, you know, teaching kids is if you set high expectations and have high support, they're going to accomplish it. You know, they're going to accomplish some big things. I think he brings that to the table. And so I have no reservations with him taking the OC job. I had a lot of reservations with Armstrong taking the job only because I knew really nothing about him other, other, other besides what I knew about his Rocky Mountain career. But I, I have no reservations with Matt Miller taking the job. I think uh, he could probably relate with the players a little bit more, um, being the younger guy, but having that high respect, as Choate alluded to. And I just think he knows offense. You know, I think he knows how to win. Uh, he's a part of a winning culture. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, another poster made a comment that I thought was kind of funny. It says, like, Choate thinks that Matt Miller is the t- 
Troy Anderson of the coaching staff, offensive coordinator, recruiting coordinator, quarterback coach, wide receiver coach. <laughs> it's like, just plug him in. He'll, he'll do it well. And I, I think it's, a, it's a kind of a funny comment, but it's kind of it's true. Like I think Matt Miller can do anything that you put in front of him. I think he's, I think he's going to be a rising star. And I mean, other posters had alluded to maybe this was done to kind of keep Miller around because he might be getting some offers, some interest from higher programs here soon. So in that regard, I would be on board with it. I don't love giving the job to someone who has no experience calling a game whatsoever, but I don't disagree with it. I I like it. It's internal. I mean, what are you going to do at this point? You can't get an outside hire in the middle of the season anyway. So what what else are you going to do? Well, so, and it goes back to what we were saying too. Like it's as bad as it looked. It, I mean, you can't do much more. I could, I could call a better game than what I was just seeing. I'm pretty convinced of that on the record. I think I could have called a better game last, uh, last week. So we had a offensive staff change. It's a perfect time to go see how we're looking statistically through the year. I hadn't actually done a cumulative stat look in a while, and it's it's not pretty. So we are 12th in total offense per game. We are 11th in passing offense. We're not 13th. But also, if you took, took take away Rovig's game against Wagner, it might look a little bit different there. Our pass efficiency is 12th in the league. Our first downs are 12th in the league. Our third down conversions are 12th in the league. Our time of possession is 12th in the league. I mean, that is a lot of things to be anywhere from third to second to worse in the conference at that's historically bad somehow we're six in scoring offense though but that's because we've been set up with good field position a couple uh we haven't scored a lot on special teams or defense we had the uh this pick six with filer here but most of that's been actually the offense scoring points but (laughs) you can't be that low in so many key categories and expect to beat teams what did we have? The, one of the most weird statistical anomaly games against Idaho. Like, how did we win that game? <laughs> it's just somehow we won a few games with this historically bad offense, and it hasn't gotten any better. If anything, it seems to be regressing. True. Uh, it's just out of sheer grit from Troy Anderson <laughs> that we've won those games. It's, so. it's it's absolutely true. Like, knock Troy Anderson as a quarterback you want. He's, like, single-handedly scoring points but he's got a ceiling and we've seen that ceiling now that ceiling is as as good as like he was going to beat uh he's going to beat idaho i don't you know that's about i think that's about his ceiling honestly and so any team better than that i'm not exactly certain we're going to win that game we're not built for a comeback for sure uh maybe it it, a seven to ten point comeback if that but if we're down two scores, two legitimate scores, two fourteen like fourteen points, man, it's I haven't seen anything that's gonna give me hope for that. So and so what I wanna ask you then is why are we still playing Troy? Well why can't we why can't we use him with his running skills in the back end and start developing um Casey Bowman out there or or a different quarterback. So I've gone I'd, back back and forth on this all day. It's like, all right, well, if you're going to get a guy who's going to get in there and complete 50% of his passes for seven yards and throw a couple picks, why not just put a freshman in there? He'll do that. <laughs> he could do it maybe better, maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to say. But there's so many of those intangible things that we just don't know about. Like the coach even said today, like the team believes in Troy, that the team wants Troy there. I mean, that is a, is a big factor. And I get that, but I don't. I don't buy it. Like I think. I mean, I buy that they believe in him. I buy that Troy. Troy's the man when it comes to like ultimate team player. But I have no doubt, and that is that is something that is unwavering, and I believe that. However, I don't believe that it, he is still the best option for our quarterback. Like, given all that, he's still not going to win that many more games in clutch situations just because of the passing deficiencies and the way that now the tape is proven. We're going just to stack the box, and we're going to make you force you to run. And if we can't run with with eight guys crowding the box, it, it's the recipe. The formula is there. And oh, t- it doesn't equal success. You know, no matter how many iterations you put into that little on that left side of that equation, when you hit the equals button, it's it's not doing anything for us. 
before we get too much in the Idaho State game, I do think that we can beat Idaho State if we ran the same offense we ran at Portland State. But, well, why? No, let, let me Tell rephrase me that. No, let me rephrase that. Not even the Wagner game, the Idaho game. But but what I want to see in a perfect world, I want to see Troy come. I want us to have a similar, and that's why I, I corrected myself. I want us to play kind of like we did at Portland State where we bring in Bauman or Beltran or whoever, and Choate had talked about those guys have like a specific set of plays they're comfortable with. Get them in there, run a couple of those plays, catch somebody off guard, maybe connect on a big bomb. Troy takes 80, 85% of the snaps, but get someone else in there to do something. I still think Troy needs to be in there to win the game, and I know you're going to disagree with me on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, we do need his one or two explosive runs throughout the game, but that's pretty much his offense. I mean, that was our offense. And, you know, we're going to hit that. I think we can hit that out of the running back position is what I've been trying to say pretty much. So I, I agree. And it was that was sure a great play in the, the Wagner game when it was just a little read option to Troy. just took it to the house. So it's, it's hard to say, like, can he have as much success running the ball from the from that position where teams aren't dropped back into coverage and he just takes off with why teams drop back into coverage against us is beyond me, but that's what happened on that big <laughs> touchdown run that Troy had. I guess it was kind of a blitz and he's went up the middle and there was just one guy to beat. You just you just knew that he was going to beat that guy. But it's just like I don't know. I, I still think we are talented enough with Troy to score on Idaho State. We just need some third down conversions. We need to move the chains. We need to increase our time of possession. We don't have to win the time of possession, but we can't be just getting smoked time possession because Idaho State's going to score fast too if they score like that's what they do um I've, I've watched a couple Idaho State games and they can throw the ball and but we can stop the pass we've I don't know I still think we can beat Idaho State with Troy even if Troy takes every single snap don't know what to say <laughs> I'm at a loss uh, uh... I mean, Idaho State's defense is improved, but they're not that good on defense, so I still think we can score. I will eat crow uh, gladly, but I don't think we can beat Idaho State when Troy takes all of his snaps. I just don't think – I don't think we have the first and second down plays. You know what? Hold on. Retract the statement. Go back. We have a new offensive coordinator. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're missing that key component of this little thing here. Yeah, there you go. Change my prediction. It doesn't take much to figure out. Well, I, it's easy for me to say. It's like there's. It just seems like there's a couple little incremental things we could do to get some completions. If they're three three yards, like why are we saw the Curtis Amos connection? Why can't we do some more of that? I mean, there, this is such a basic play you see all the time in every level of football, where there's the back who fakes like it's play action and the running back keeps going the same way. It's rollout and he hits the running back. And the running back has like no one in front of him for like five yards. Like, where's that play? Troy can make that pass, right? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty common play. I don't know the name of the play because I don't know. Like I said, we're we're amateurs here. I don't know enough about football, but that's a play you see time and time again, especially on the goal line. That's a touchdown play, like five yards. We just need five yards on a first down. That's all we need. We need four yards. We can't well, go and third and nine half those, the time. If you can connect those passes, defense is going to look a lot different. They're not going to play eight guys in the box and well, voila, you can start running in Ponce up the middle <laughs> and get those four to five yards that we were doing during Wagner. Right. So, you know, you're right. I think Thorny, I think we need like five, four or five different plays that we can disguise out of uh, different formations um, that uh, Troy is comfortable with that we're not seeing currently, or maybe that we have used, but we're just not using them enough like that little out route for Amos or a little you know halfback screen or something like that that you know where people are crowding in chasing Troy in the back and we just dump it off to our, our running back and let him scamper I, those things seem pretty easy to me or maybe a little drag route behind the second yeah. second level with you know a slant who knew you know we always we always just like clap when we see a slam pass <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, it's it's kind of like a joke between uh, the last couple years of offense that we just don't need any slant passes anymore. It's yeah. just crazy to me. I know Murray couldn't hit a slant pass. I think Troy might be able to be, hit a slant pass better than Murray could. Which oh is, gosh, 
Yeah, for sure. And that's I mean, what Murray's... Uh, Weaver killed us with that uh, when they started run, uh, when they started when the uh, constant team came in. That's what they were doing. They were going across the middle on us and just in these little passes. They're like, oh, there it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, you would think that uh, with guys stacking eight against the box on us, that the middle would be pretty soft. Yeah. The problem is like our offensive line, even it just hasn't even gotten real good pass protection either. Like Troy, I mean, Weber has an amazing defensive line, but I mean, Eastern Washington was rushing three against us and that number 99 was just wrecking through and disrupting the whole play. It's like, okay. So you he's got to like have some anomaly. better pass. Yeah. But that guy's yeah. an anomaly though. So I don't he think you is. can count him. If you're getting like six to eight guys rushing all the time, no one's going to have great pass protection. I don't care who you are. No, but I mean, that's where you do. I mean, why not do uh, like a dive block slant right off the bat? I mean, that's a pretty common thing to just a just a one step or just a step into it and throw it. I mean, that's pretty common to take the take away a blitz. I mean, just to get a little easy throw to get them into a rhythm. Yeah. I totally agree, man. God, would I yeah. give for Travis Lule right now? Man. <laughs> give me some Travis hey, Lule. <laughs> you think he, he, that kind of quarterback would thrive in this offense because he's kind of the game manager. He wasn't the guy throwing for 300 yards consistently. He could, but, yeah, he'd be a great addition. I think he'd be a choke man for sure. Oh, my gosh. If we had Lule, we'd be a top-five team right now. I, I fully believe. And that, you know, Vim said that. he's like uh, He said a comment on today. He goes, you know, he says, everything I've seen from this team leads me to believe that we are a quarterback away. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I believe that 100%. 100%. It's so, it is, it's frustrating because like, like I said earlier, like that seems to be like the one thing holding us back from at least being like a playoff team. I don't know if we're an elite team yet. I don't know if we have the defense or the, the skill players, but we are a playoff caliber team if not for a quarterback who can't hit because then the bonus is you get Troy Anderson at running back and he can do some of the things he's doing now he might not get 150 yards a game but he'll get 80 yards a game easy like on he'll get like eight carries 80 yards that's easy for him <laughs> and he plays and, linebacker too yeah and that's another thing I kind of want to talk about everyone's just is so sure that Troy Anderson is an all-american linebacker but he he hasn't proven anything yet and I'm not saying he can't be, but I just don't think it's as plug and play as everyone thinks. You don't just put him back there and all of a sudden all of our linebacker play problems are solved. No. Bring but they're better. For sure. They're better yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> they contain the speed. edge better, but he's still got to make the right read. He's still got to take the angle. He's still got to know whether to push the guy inside. I remember that uh, Conkle's first game back, he went straight after the running back instead of going to the outside and making him go back inside and he lost contain and the guy ran a big play around the edge. I mean, that's, it's not like Conkle's not fast or athletic enough. He just made the wrong decision. Sure. So you, you still got to learn the position and be a good linebacker more than just being a, an elite athlete. But it's hard not to dream. <laughs> 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 well, uh, we'll see what happens, man. So uh, let's wrap this thing up. We're going over to Idaho. Any predictions? Any bold predictions? We win. But I guess my so, bold prediction is... So last year we won. Uh, we doubled them up 28-14. Yeah, they're better. Yeah, they still have the same quarterback. We played him in Bozeman. It was a cold day. I remember that. Um, okay, so we win. What do we win by? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Come out with a whopping like, three. Like 31 to 28, kind of like high 20s, low 30s. Okay. I think the defense, I, I don't know. I feel, I'm feeling good about our ability to – this is the best takeaway team we've had in years, and they're not even – that good statistically compared to the rest of the league, but we've been so bad at takeaways for like the last four years. Like that's such a, yeah, nobody could tackle, but nobody could take the ball away either. Like if you get some takeaways, that's what Eastern thrived on for years was a, a team that got scored on, but played amazing situational defense, very aggressive, took the ball away. Um, we couldn't even do either. One of those things we couldn't tackle anybody and we couldn't take the ball away. <laughs> I feel like we're finally in a position Although we're we're the only team in the Big Sky Conference who's yet to recover a fumble, and I might guess that we're there's not too many other teams in the FCS who haven't recovered a fumble. That's weird. I've been that that it's a good stat. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been thinking about that. That's so weird. Because Idaho was the only t- like somebody did a stat on Idaho. They're the only team. There's like one Division two team and one Division three team 
in all of college football, including FBS, FCS, on and down the line that hadn't had an interception. Idaho was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't imagine it's a whole lot better if you're looking at fumble recoveries. Yeah. So that's, yeah, we got to figure out how to get the ball on the turf. Uh, we can't even, I don't even know if I've seen this really strip very many. That's been few opportunities to even recover one. I think we had one or two during the Eastern game, but uh, Eastern fell on them. Well, there's my bold, bold prediction. We recover a fumble against Idaho State. Okay. Right, <laughs> how, about, how about yours? Uh, I'm going to keep it simple. I would say we have a – I'm going to go 70-yard drive that doesn't feature a run from Troy Anderson that is more than 40 yards. So basically what I'm trying to say is that we put together a drive. So Troy Anderson runs for like 12 yards but not 70 yards. Yeah, I want like a couple first downs, probably like three or four first downs in there, and then we score. So that I would be happy with that. Do you think anybody but Troy Anderson throws a pass? Yes. And if so, who? Uh, Bowman. You think Bowman throws a pass? Yeah, I think he does. But here's the deal. This is, this is a do-or-die game for us as it far is. as playoff hopes go. And every game from here and out. But I think this is – I think there were like – I think this is kind of our level. I think Idaho State's kind of our level, kind of, you know, it's a 50-50 chance in my mind. Uh, I think the next two games, Cal Poly and Northern Colorado, I think I might have those in backwards order. I'm not sure. But those two seem more winnable than Idaho State. And then who knows about the Grizzlies, right? So I think we, we could just kill the Grizzlies. I'm just going to put it that way. But then at the same time, at the same time they could just really wreck us. Um, but who knows? That, you never know with that game. That's easy to say now, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, Idaho State's coming off two straight losses, so we'll see how they respond. The two straight row games, I believe. They lost to UC Davis in that overtime game, which I watched part of, and then they went down to uh, Liberty, who's in their first year in the FBS, and uh, couldn't keep up with them. So, Idaho State looked good at st- in stretches at Liberty, but they looked pretty bad. They looked pretty bad on defense. They didn't have much... Uh, answer for Liberty's running game. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. So I think we can win it and um, keep us in the playoff hunt. I like that, Thorny. Uh, that's where my heart's at. Yeah, I'm going to go with – I'll agree with that. I'm going to think Miller's going to throw some wrinkles in, help Troy feel a bit more comfortable. We'll get there. Sounds good. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Again, if you want to follow us, uh, please reach out to us on R&R CatCast at Twitter or on Twitter, excuse me. We'd like to uh, some more fan engagement. And if you would like to participate and come on and uh, BS with us for a little bit, um, reach out to us uh, at common cat or Celtic cat uh, on the Bobcat nation. And we can, uh, can get you on. That'd be fun. I left a little brief instruction on the uh, Bobcat on our little thread. We have going on the Bobcat board about uh, you can also use the anchor app to send us a little voicemail. If you don't want to actually, talk with us in person. You can just send us a little voicemail, tell us something, whatever you want to tell us, tell us we suck, tell us we're awesome, you know, whatever you want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Or recommend a a new beer for next week. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, Bushlight work for the Cougars. I need some sort of good luck beer for the cats. I don't know what it would be. Uh, For us, when we were there, it was Key key Light, man. Key Light or Pabst, one of the two. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All right, well, good time to end the segment. Uh, It was fun, and go Cats. Go Cats.